Oh, we're going to have loads of fun today on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, your place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom, and we're ready to, like I said, have loads of fun. I've told you before that with the Practically Speaking Mom Ministry, I've divided the responsibilities of moms into the six rooms of the Intentional Mom's Home. To learn more about those rooms, you can listen to episode one of this podcast where we talk about that there's a a family room which represents the uh, family relationships and all sorts of parenting. There's a kitchen that represents healthy family. And one of the other rooms is laundry room. That's where we're going to be spending our time today on the podcast. So while we spend lots of time discussing issues about the family room, you know, all things parenting and family relationships and personalities and issues, 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 sometimes we talk about organization and chores, which we call the laundry room of the intentional mom's home. Now, I know that organization and chores in all aspects of household management is not as important as relationships. But here's the thing. The more chaos and lack of systems that we have, the less free I feel. When I'm disorganized, I'm unprepared and stressed out. But when I've made a plan, there's simply less unexpected concerns that arise. Oh, sure, they'll There'll always be flexibility required in parenthood. But if we can get a system for all the have-tos of life, well, at least a lot of the have-tos of life, then we can go on more autopilot about all those responsibilities and focus on what really matters, building relationships, growing our hearts, our souls, our minds, and our strength. You probably really, you probably already know what I usually call these pesky responsibilities that aren't the main thing but still necessary. I call them the monkeys. And as moms, we're managers of the monkeys, but we're not doers of all the monkeys. They're the pesky monkeys that we feel are on our back distracting us from the important. So what do we do about all these monkeys? Well, if you really want to know what to do with them, listen to my podcast series on time-saving strategies for busy households. You'll find it in part one is episode two, and then episode five, episode 10. So episodes two, five, and 10. And here's the names of them. Uh, Episode two is mom is master gardener and manager of the monkeys in time-saving strategies for busy households. That's part one. Part two is found in episode five, and that is getting kids to listen the first time and following up after a chore. And then part three is in episode 10, and it is called Overwhelmed? Reduce chaos one system at a time. Well, today, we're just going to look specifically at one of those systems, at making a laundry plan that works for your family. I'm going to share my plan with you in case you find it helpful, but I know that we're all different and our family situations are different, and so mine might not perfectly work for your family, but maybe you will glean some different ideas or inspiration from the philosophies behind why I do what I do with laundry. And also, in just a second here, I'm going to share a few ideas from a post we have in our Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. That is my Practically Speaking Mom community of intentional moms. Um, I'm so thankful for that group and all of those wonderful moms that have encouragement and insight for one another. 
Well, I asked them the other day to share their laundry systems and their laundry ideas, and I'm going to share a couple of those with you in a minute. We'd love to have you join us there on the Intentional Mom Strong Family Facebook community group. Um, Intentional Mom Strong Family, that's the name of it. Anyway, I asked the moms to share, and so here's a few of their comments. Jennifer said, and this is a really good one, get rid of half of your clothes and most of the towels. Uh, Amen, Jennifer. Now, if I can just do what you're telling me to do. Okay. Rebecca says, and I believe Rebecca works full-time. So this is a full-time mama's uh, perspective and I love it. She said, I switched to using the Norwex brand of towels so I don't have to wash them as often. Each load has a day that it gets done. Sunday is darks and sheets. Tuesdays is boys load. Wednesdays is darks if needed. Friday is boys in my scrubs. Saturday is towels and lights. I gotta say, I really like Norwex towels also. I don't have any of the bath towels, but we use the kitchen towels, especially those hanging ones. I don't know what they're called, but we love them. They really do hold a lot more. Anyway, Debbie says, we have trash cans in our hall closet under the shelves. Three buckets. Currently, the black one is for jeans and hubby's wool socks. The socks add a lot of static electricity, so they only get washed with jeans. Green one, the green bucket is for darks, and the light gray one then is for the lights or whites. Ashley says, I have a huge Ikea cubby. Okay, she showed a picture of this on our Facebook group, and... I'm impressed. Oh my goodness, Ashley. I needed you 10 years ago to inspire me with this idea you have. I have a huge Ikea cubby in the laundry room. All the kids' clothes go on it. They each have a cubby for shirts, for pants, a a cubby with a bin for undies, and a girl's sock bin and boys' socks. We do a load or two each day, but often wait till we have you know, more loads to do. Now, she also said that once they get in the teen years, you know, that that changes. But okay. Um, M says, we typically do a load every day. Helps things from piling up. Olivia says, pick a day each week and do laundry that day, regardless of how full or not full the hamper is. I always do it that day and I'm never behind. Also, the con Marie, I'm probably not saying that right, but method of folding changed my life, saved so much time. I agree. I've been folding that way for decades, uh, especially when the kids were little, folding it small where they're um, sort of like bookends. Uh, well, I don't know how else to, to describe it, but anyway, that helped so much um, for, for doing that in their, when, when they were little babies, when they're too small to have play clothes on their own and all that kind of stuff like I'm going to talk about later in this episode. But when they're, when they're little, little, and I'm doing all of their laundry myself, boy, that way of folding really helped me. Uh, Penny says, we do all the laundry on one day. Okay, I love this one. This like sounds like it could actually be a great family bonding time. Okay, we do all the laundry on one day. Everyone helps. We also fold and put clothes away so they stand upright and we can see just what we have. They fit um, much better. Oh, I must be thinking of a different one I, I read, but... Or maybe I just, when I read that the first time, I envisioned all of these mounds of laundry and everybody's working together and it just sounded fun. Okay. Uh, Elaine says, she gives some stain removing ideas and then she says that she puts in a load of laundry at bedtime 
And her son's chore the next day is to fluff what was ever in the dryer, to fold and hang up and put it away, then move what's in the washer to the dryer. And he does that before bedtime. Then my washer is empty at bed, so I put in a load and wash it at bedtime. Now, I know this is a single mom, and she works a lot, so uh, she definitely needs him to be helping a lot, too. All right, um, Barbara said that they have one child do laundry on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the other one Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and she also talked about how at she she taught her kids at stages. She actually sounds like she does her laundry a lot like like I do in that she taught her kids stages. First they learned uh, to to sort and then they learned to treat and to treat clothing and then they learned washing and then drying and folding and putting away and all of these things. She taught them step by step, little by little over time so that each one was gradually increasing in their abilities. And that's basically what I did also. Okay. So those are lots of ideas for you or check out more on our Facebook group. Now, once you're done listening to today's podcast, I hope you'll join the group as I'll be sharing lots of pictures this week or a Facebook Live, I haven't decided which I'm going to do yet, but of my laundry room and some of my, um, just some organization things. So I'm not sure which way I'll handle it yet, but you'll have to be on there and see. And one more announcement. If you'd like to watch my time-saving strategies for busy homes that I talked about earlier. If you would like to watch that as a workshop, I do have a video where there's slides playing. I'm a little up in the corner, but you'll be able to see PowerPoint slides of everything I'm talking about. Uh, It covers so much stuff. Well, there's a YouTube channel that I have. I don't have very much on it, but the name of it is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. And I do have that PowerPoint slide video of time-saving strategies for busy homes. It's like almost an hour long. It's really a whole bunch of details of way more than just laundry. Uh, I don't even know if I talk about laundry actually on that, but it is basically really how to deal with the monkeys, all of the monkeys. So now another way that you could listen to that, if you don't want to watch a video, I do have it as a download on my website. You would go to practicallyspeakingmom.com and then click on shop And then it is a download on there, time-saving strategies, and it is $4. Now, this was recorded at a homeschool convention, so that is mentioned just a bit, but almost entirely applicable to all moms, no matter where your kids get their education. Okay, let's go over eight steps to cut laundry chaos. Now, I'm a mom of seven, so we've had nine family members, or my parents lived with us for a while, so then it was 11. I know what it's like to have a lot of laundry and to feel like it is just way out of control. So I definitely had to prioritize getting very organized with laundry. So I'm going to tell you what I have done over the years. Now, laundry is a piece of cake in my house now that I only have three kids at home and all three of them do their own laundry. But I want to tell you what system I used when I had seven kiddos at home and all their clothes to deal with. So this is basically an eight steps. So number one, our laundry room has two tall skinny hampers in it. One, okay, you're going to laugh or else just think I'm crazy, but one is labeled towels and the other is labeled 
not towels. Now this works because I've taught each child how to take care of their own laundry themselves and their hampers are kept in their rooms. These two baskets are just for the odds and ends that show up around the house and also are for the kitchen towels and washcloths. When my laundry space was just a closet, I had one basket for dirty kitchen cloths on top of the dryer. It was one of the kids' jobs to change out the kitchen washcloth and hand towel each day and to hang the dirty ones on the side of that basket to dry. And also one child was assigned to do that with the bathrooms. So they'd go around and get the hand towels from the bathrooms and those would also go to this basket. So let's go to part two. Each child has their own clothes hamper and a container for their home clothes or play clothes. I'll go into details about that, but our kids' play clothes containers slide out from under each bed. This is when they were little, okay? Even a toddler bed. So I just would get those under the bed containers so that each of them could just keep their play clothes there. Buying neutral play clothes is helpful so that a very young child can dress themselves each morning. For example, solid color leggings or jeans will go with most t-shirts or play outfits. Now, buying socks in bulk for each foot size is also a big help if you've got a big family because I literally would call it sock season. From fall to spring, it was sock season and it made me crazy. So I learned to buy in bulk at each foot size so that that foot size all had the same sock looked the same. So there wasn't any difficulty in knowing what socks it went with. Now their play clothes, underwear, and PJs would all go in their hamper when dirty, but there was some clothes that did not go in their hamper. Public clothes. <laughs> I know, <laughs> real inventive name, right? Uh, but when you have a large family, you have got to really have some systems. And so this was necessary for us. It might not be necessary for you. Everyone has two types of clothes at our house, public clothes and home clothes, or sometimes they call them play clothes. We treat public clothes practically sacredly in, in our house in an effort to keep them in good condition. So here's what I mean. Public clothes were treated far differently Public clothes are hung on hangers in closets, and they wouldn't put these outfits on until right before we left home, and they'd go right back to hanging up when we would get home. So as we'd get home from being out somewhere like church, the grocery store, the library, our homeschool co-op classes, I'd come in the house and then look at each child as they came in and give them instructions. It might be, okay, go hang up your clothes and then come and tell me you did. So now this step is very important. If I just say, go hang up your clothes and I don't have any follow-up step, then who knows if they really got hung up or not. So by saying, go and hang up your clothes and then come back and tell me that you did, then they're saying, I hung up my clothes. I'm able to have that follow-up step. Or I could have told them, Okay, go change into play clothes and bring your public outfit that you've got on your body right now <laughs> back to me as there's a spot on it that we need to deal with together. So this was, um, you know, just part of the process of keeping responsibility on them, but having high accountability. Okay, so if they didn't know how to hang something up, I would either assign an older child to hang it for them 
or ask the child to bring it to me so I could hang it up. It kind of depends on their age, right? So I wanted their public clothes to last and stay nice and to need to be washed as little as possible because the washing process wears them out faster. They don't look as nice. And, you know, it just adds so many steps and much more time put into doing laundry if we were to wash them every time after every use. So I'd have them change out of them right away and bring them to me and they'd go into either my, per- now this is ones that are too little to do it themselves and, and haven't been taught how to deal with their public clothes, okay? They would go into, um, if, if their public clothes were dirty, they would bring them back to me and either they would go in my personal laundry to do for them or for me to keep them ready for when it is their laundry day so that I can teach them what to do with them on that day. Okay. So that's specifically their, their dirty public clothes. I know this sounds like I'm a drill sergeant or something, but this worked for us. It saved us a lot of time. I definitely didn't wash public clothes in the washing machine after every time it was worn only when necessary. I like to buy durable uh, clothes in a fabric that can spot clean easily instead to keep the fabric in better condition and to reduce our workload. Speaking of spot cleaning, this is we're on step four now of eight. This is one of the laundry training skills I teach my kids, spot cleaning on their public clothes. Now play clothes simply would get a, a bit of vinegar and baking soda put on them and then thrown into the dirty hamper or else, you know, spot cleaner and then thrown into the dirty hamper, not a big deal. But public clothes were preserved as much as possible. So I would teach them to take the piece of clothes to the laundry room. And uh, in the laundry room, we have a a container of rags. It's made up of all kinds of cut up clothing that were no longer good for wearing. So it might be like a holy sock or an old t-shirt that's been cut up. These have endless uses. But in this example, you're going to clean a spot um, by grabbing one of those rags in a color that is that is works for the whatever clothes that you're you're going to clean the spot on. I want I taught them to, you know, if they've got dark clothes, then a dark rag, light clothes, light rag. We'd get this rag and I'd teach them to just get the corner of it wet and then spray just a drop of spot cleaner onto the wet cloth, not onto the clothes that have the spot. Okay, so now I've got some some spot cleaner, just a dab of it on a corner of a wet cloth. And now I'm going to scrub that into the spot. And then I'm going to get a different corner of the rag wet. Now this corner of the rag is only water. And now I'm going to scrub with that. So it's kind of scrubbing out the cleaner. So once they've learned how to do that, then I have them hang it up, but keep it on the hook in the bathroom, in in the uh, laundry room, so that we know that that item is not yet done because we don't know what it's going to look like when it dries. So once it's dry, then we can check that spot and see how it looks. And if it's all good, then it can go back in their closet. Those were the steps for spot cleaning, which I know, I know it sounds excessive, but seriously, it saved us so much time and craziness by not having mounds, mountains of dirty laundry. Okay. 
I began teaching laundry skills to the kids at a very young age. A toddler can pull items out of the dryer and put into a basket and put their dirty laundry in the hamper. A four-year-old can fold washcloths, can match socks, can put away their clothes in their play clothes container or their socks in their socks container, their underwear in their underwear container, and their PJs in their PJs container. See, I used containers in their closets instead of a dresser and drawers so that little ones could help with the process more easily. Okay, that was five. Now I'm on six. Schedule a day of the week for each person's laundry. This helped to not create a backup of people's loads in all stages of the process, waiting on one another and making each other frustrated. Each morning, while we're doing the rest of life, I can have a child bring down their dirty laundry on their laundry day and coach them step by step while we're also accomplishing the rest of life. Now, of course, as long as I have really taught them well and followed up consistently, then gradually, obviously, I'm having to oversee that less and less. Okay, now I have a pet peeve about kids leaving their clean or dirty clothes in the laundry room unless it's their laundry day. Otherwise, it's too easy to get confused about whether someone's clothes are clean or dirty. And then, heaven forbid, we would wash them twice, which just doubled our workload. So it's easiest to keep things straight with that many people in the house if they have a day of the week and that I'm strict about not leaving your laundry in the laundry room. Number seven, I buy free and clear pods for the kids detergent because I don't want them to measure wrong. We just had too many times where it ruined too many things. So I I don't use the pods. I use a more pure detergent for me because I'm working double time to eliminate chemicals from my life in order to keep my hormones balanced. So I do use a more pure detergent, but I don't have the kids use it because I don't want them using too much and ruining their clothes. Number eight, I have them wash their socks and towels and underwear in one load on hot and then their play clothes in warm or cold. Play clothes are the perfect clothes for kiddos to learn how to do laundry. Mistakes are less crucial, so I'm less stressed during the learning process. So my kids learn how to wash their play clothes, and once they've mastered that and mastered spot cleaning, then they're ready to be trusted with their public clothes to wash them and to dry them, or instead of drying in the dryer to hang them up to dry, depending on the material. So that was it. That was the eight steps. But here's my last thing I want to say about uh, dealing with laundry. See, through my 25 years of motherhood, we've lived in six different homes and thus had six different spaces for doing laundry. We began parenthood in a Kansas City apartment that provided group laundry facilities in the basement in those machines that take 10 quarters for one load. Now that was 25 years ago. If you've ever done laundry in a shared public space, you know it's an experience all its own. You learn to quickly remove your items from a machine before someone else does, for they're going to do it in a much less helpful way. Now there wasn't anything fun about strapping a baby into a snuggly on your chest so you can lug dirty laundry to a dank basement where you stand guard for the next hour and a half. 
Now, in the next home, I did laundry in an unfinished basement where I had lots of room for air drying on racks and the kids could ride their little plastic ride-on toys while I worked on the clothes. I think every kid loves an unfinished basement for roller skating or riding a scooter or whatever. But let's be honest, moms don't find loads of laundry in unfinished basements to be loads of fun. Handy, tolerable, but not something to look forward to. Now, in our next two homes, the washer and dryer was located in a closet off the kitchen. This was pretty great for being able to multitask. I finally wasn't forced to be in this out-of-the-way place, a basement, for the first time in my parenthood. Uh, So multitasking was awesome, something much harder to do when your laundry's in the basement. Now, I was really thankful for this change, but I didn't have any space for hampers or sorting or drying. In our last two homes, in our final two homes, so like I'm in the second one of those now, I made it a top priority to have a mudroom situation. This meant that in both of these houses, we turned a little part of the garage up by the kitchen door into a mudroom with laundry and and extra space. Having a mudroom has been glorious. I don't know exactly why it makes me so happy to have hooks and cute baskets where I do my laundry, but it just fills me with joy to do laundry because I've made it a happy space. I put a happier color on the wall and I have decorated it with happy colors to me. I've learned through the years that the more I can make my have tos more appealing to me in appearance, the more I look forward to doing those things. So in my home, you'll find the bills nestled in a cute hat box. You'll find the broom and dustpan in coordinated muted mint color and dangling from a cute shelf with hooks on it in the mudroom. Now sitting on top of that shelf is the daintiest tin box with white polka dots and a mint green lid. Do you know what's in that tin box? It's my trash can for the dryer lid. I keep my laundry detergent in a cute jar with a fun measuring spoon. It all brings a pep to my mood while I do the mundane. Now, I would encourage you, whatever you're dreading in the doldrums of your days, find a way to bring some happy to the have-tos. I'll include some pics of my laundry room in my blog post that goes with this podcast episode so that you can see some of the ingredients that I've found to bring sunshine to my routine. So happy routining, my mom friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Practically Speaking Mom, the podcast for an intentional mom to build a strong family. You can find lots more from me, my blog, books, the six rooms of the Intentional Mom's Home at my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, I would be so honored if you would share it with other people, subscribe to the podcast, follow my blog, and join in the Practically Speaking Mom's online community through Instagram and Facebook. And we also have a wonderful private Facebook group, a place where I get to interact with you more personally, where you can share your ideas, you can give your feedback about the podcast, you can ask me personal questions about it, and we can just interact on all different kinds of levels. There's so many wonderful intentional moms in this group, and I would love for you to be one of them. 
The name of that private Facebook group is Intentional Mom Strong Family. So I hope you'll join that today and let me get to know you. If you think other moms would benefit from this podcast, would you please take a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so that iTunes will recommend this podcast to moms when they search. I'm looking forward to spending time with you again next week right here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. See you soon.